Welcome back. What up, what up, what up? It's AWOD here on the new sports radio, 910 The Fan. Now at 105.1 FM. Phone lines are open throughout the show. 833-804-0910. 833-804-0910. So, Stubb, that was, a, that was a pretty good football game last night, right? We called it certified yeah. game of the week, not certified game of the season, because it didn't come down to the final play. It did come down to the final drive, right, Yeah. for the Chiefs. You know what kind of upset me? Is that on fourth down he didn't throw to Travis Kelsey? Like, and and did you see the replay? If he waited another second, Kelsey might have been open. I, I did not catch that. Okay, so and he whipped it to the other tight end who jumped up. The Eagles definitely made early contact with him. You know, I hate the Eagles. I would have called it pass interference. Chiefs, you know, keep moving, probably win the game. But the ball went through the guy's hands. He touched it. You know the rule. If you're a receiver, you're getting paid. You catch the ball yeah. when it hits your hands. So the Chiefs should have converted, but it was a fourth and twenty-five. Because Patrick Mahomes was running for his life and threw right, it away. Uh, yeah. And I don't know if I would trust it with Kelsey there. His girlfriend was on a different hemisphere. I know. And, you know, well, he, and plays he dropped better. the ball completely. He yeah. just didn't have a good game. You know? It's because she wasn't there. I, I mean, <laughs> The maybe. stats are showing that it's making a difference. I, I will say the, the Chiefs had a good start to the game. But, man, the Eagles made halftime adjustments. Which is funny because it was the Chiefs whose halftime adjustments won them the Super Bowl last year. Right? The Eagles were dominating that game in the first half. Chiefs were kind of dominating the first half uh, last night. Then the Eagles turned it around at halftime, and they got the win 21-17. So it's time to go around the National Football League here with all the lead stories and more winners and losers of the week and your overreaction Tuesday here on NFL Hits. All right, so we're going to do it a little different this week when I give out the winners and losers. I usually do that every week with a winner and a loser, a ding and a dong. But this week, my team is a loser. My team is one of the losers of the week, so I do not deserve the responsibility of giving out winners and losers of the week because I picked this loser franchise, Washington, to beat the Giants. So, you could turn off my microphone, but we're going to turn on Stubbs. All right, uh, we're going to start with the winners, and the first winner is one that makes me a bit sad, and that would be the Denver Broncos. Yeah, it was a good win it for the Broncos. A, it was a good win. It they're, was a good game. They're rolling right now. What's a four-game win streak yeah. against a team that had a five-game win streak? I mean, they showed up. Yeah, and and you know what's crazy is like you look at the stats. Like it's not like Russell. Like everyone talked about. Oh, Russell Wilson and Sean Payton. It's going to be like Drew Brees. He can throw for three hundred fifty yards a game. He's averaging like one hundred and seventy-five yards a game. Now he did have two sixty in the win against the Vikings, but it's not like Russell Wilson this season has been that that amazing, right? So his stats this year, uh, he's averaging, what, like 200, 200 yards a game? It's not good compared to his career. He's way down. Now, he does have a lot of touchdowns to interceptions. Uh, uh, and here's the thing that Russell Wilson has done, and, and you've probably noticed this watching. I said all year, what is going on with Russell? He doesn't want to run anymore. He just wants to stand and be a pocket passer. Something flipped during this win streak where it's like you're seeing Russell be more mobile. And I don't know if maybe he was dealing with an injury earlier or maybe he's just like, screw it. I got to go win this game by myself, right? He had another game where he was scrambling, running around the backfield and making plays when they weren't there to be made. And it was a good game. Like the Vikings showed up. Dobbs showed up. They had some great runs, some great touchdowns, but... He had that highlight play. He did. He rolled to the sideline, somehow didn't fall, and then threw the touchdown. Yeah, it was incredible. Yeah. You 
You just love Josh Dobbs. I do. I mean, it's unbelievable. He's my number <laughs> number one player right now. <laughs> I hate to break it to you. He's going to be on another team next year. <laughs> I, yeah. You're going to have to get a Josh Dobbs jersey that has Browns, Cardinals, <laughs> Vikings, whatever other team he plays I'll for. I'll follow wherever he goes. I don't yeah. care. <laughs> All right. My first loser yeah. is Marquez Valdez <laughs> Scantling. Yeah. I mean, yeah, are you I mean, kidding he, me? He lost the game for them. That was... There, yeah. Obviously, there are so many plays that determine the outcome of a game, but that was a clear-cut win or loss, easy catch. I mean, there's so many different plays, right? I mean, when you look at a game, there's usually 120 plays in one game. But all NFL reporters usually say, every game is decided on three or four plays. That was one of the three or four. Yeah, and, and that was the one, really. I, yeah. Like, you got to catch that. I mean, there was plenty of time for the Eagles to get the ball back and maybe tie the yeah. game and send it to overtime. But... You know what? It would have been certified game of the season if Valdez catches the ball. Yeah, and uh, you know what? Bonus win to me. I predicted the Eagles to win that game by three. They you won did. by four. You did. Got to give me that. Yeah. All right. Uh, I'm gonna double up two winners here. Okay. Because it's interesting. Is I'm gonna give winners to both CJ. Uh, I mean, sorry, uh, Justin Fields and the Lions. Ooh. Okay. Uh, they they played against each other. Yeah. But it looked like the Bears could have won. It looked like the Bears could have won, and a lot of that was due to Justin Fields yeah. playing pretty well. He and was he was incredible running the ball. I mean, and that's what he's been able to do. 104 yards on the ground, 169 through the air, one touchdown, no interceptions. Um, but you're right. The Detroit Lions deserve to be winners of the week. How do they win a game in which Jared Goff has three turnovers? Uh, yeah, and... and- that's Eight cool. and two for the first time since 1962. Yeah. You got to give them a winner point for yeah. that. Like, that's that's incredible. Give me a double ding for that. Yeah, double ding. Back to the losers. Yeah. Zach Wilson. Yeah. I, I mean, I, yeah. We've been waiting for him to be benched. We've been waiting for him to be benched. Finally. Who is the guy that's going to come in for him now? It's not Tommy DeVito. That was the Giants guy. <laughs> I uh, don't remember. I'm going to have to look it up. Yeah. It's like Tom Brown or something. It's a weird, it's a random name. It is. I've got it right in front of me here. It's uh, probably not Tim Boyle. Be, probably not Aaron Rodgers. Yeah, I probably know. Probably not as good as him. <laughs> I know, right? But Tim Boyle. So, wow. Zach Wilson's a loser this week. Yeah, I know. Did you see Pat McAfee on his show yesterday? He said, "I'm so sick and tired of watching Zach Wilson suck." <laughs> yeah, <laughs> it's uh, it's bad. It's not good. No. Uh, I'll do a double up on losers because I did a double up on winners. Yeah. Everyone in the city of Washington, as well as us. Yeah. <laughs> not even gonna say it's the Commanders. To everyone that's watching them. I know. And we got Linnell telling me the season's not over. Yeah, the season's over. The season's, season's over. over. It's not even. And I'm the biggest fan in it, the world yeah. here. I was a season ticket holder for 17 years. It was nope. my my dad's money that he worked hard to earn that he would spend on his child. We blew it every Sunday. Yeah. Uh, Splitting a beer and getting chicken tenders. Not looking good. No. Back to the winners. The Packers. They got to win. Who'd the Packers beat this week? What was it? Oh, I had it, and then I immediately forgot. It wasn't the Rams, was it? No, it wasn't the Seahawks either. They had a... Oh, Chargers. Chargers. Yeah. Yeah. I mean... That might have been more a loss for the Chargers than a win for the Packers. I'm I'm going to take away the Packers' winner of the week here, because it just brings them to Ford and six, and we're going to flip it and give the Chargers' loser of the week here. That's fair. And here's another reason why. Hit the loser sound effect, but the Chargers losing games is bad for Washington. Because everyone seems to believe the Chargers are a more favorable destination for a guy like Bill Belichick right. or Coach Harbaugh or a new head coach next year. Brandon Staley's in the same boat as Ron Rivera. He sucked enough that they're ready to get rid of him in L.A. Chargers are ready to move on from him and fire him. 
So the more they lose games, more likely it is that he loses his job, which means that the Chargers might steal Washington's head coach. That's true. I mean, that makes a lot a of sense. A loss for the Chargers is a loss for the Commanders right now. And it, and they've, they've found a way to lose a lot. Yeah. So I mean, look at this. Another three-point loss. I mean, I, I hate to just go all in on the Chargers, but they lose week one by two. They lose week two by two. They lose week five by three. Then they lose to the Chiefs by 14. Chiefs are good. Now, the last two weeks, they've lost by three to the Lions, three to the Packers. Every time they lose, it's by three points or less. Yeah, you, you can't keep doing that. No. You got to figure it out. All right, back to the losers. The Bengals without Joe Burrow. Yeah. If, if he's out again, I you I watched that game with the Ravens. The second he was out, offense and defense played worse. It does feel like it, if Burrow, I mean, Burrow's gone and now their season's over, right? Yes. I mean, like they're done with that. Yeah. If he's gone, they're done. That's yeah. a. Who'd they bring in? They bring in Flacco. Who brought in Joe Flacco? I have no it idea. It might have been the Browns. <laughs> I think it was the Browns. Uh, Back to the winners. Yeah. And you're not going to be too happy about this, but C.J. Stroud and the Texans. Yeah. You're out on the rookies, but I saw some of those throws he made. I know. As much as you're going good. to. Look, we can hype up C.J. Stroud, right? We wrote it on the board. I believed Houston was going to finish 5-12. and 12. I had every rookie quarterback finishing below 500. I was wrong about C.J. Stroud. But can we talk about how right I was about Bryce Young? I oh, mean, yeah. the Panthers are 1-9, and, <laughs> and every week he gets worse. Yeah, right? I, I he looked only, like a high schooler going against the Cowboys. Uh, they sacked him left and right. Uh, seven sacks, one interception. He only threw for 123 yards. I keep hearing people hype him up. Yeah, I don't get I, it. I don't understand what we're, what you we're gotta doing. you got to stop listening to Zach McHugh, all right? Because that's the only guy I hear who's hyping <laughs> it, up right now. Like the announcers on the game. Well, I know. I, but but that's, that mind. was my. You know what? You just brought. This is what's <laughs> tilting me. That's why I went against all the rookie quarterbacks because this is all the announcers do is they hype up the rookie even though their team might be one and nine. They say, "Oh man, what a great throw! He's that's a real bright spot for the future." No, Carolina's no. screwed. They're gonna have to draft another quarterback. It's it's not good. No. All right, let's finish Stop out. Stop hyping up rookie quarterbacks just because they're young. Yeah, it, let them be good first, and then you can hype them. Yes. Them. Last loser, last last of the winners and looter, losers is gonna be Matt Canada and the Steelers. <laughs> Yeah. I mean, they, they they got rid of him. Yeah. You know, everyone's talking about it, showing those stats everywhere. Yeah, I mean, it's just crazy because that's a firing where they might be able to write that ship and make the playoffs, right? I mean, their defense yeah, is I mean, so good. Six and four right now? Yeah. That's not a, not a bad look to get there. No, and they're and they're they're in it right now. I mean, look, the, the standings in the AFC are a lot more complicated than the NFC because right now Steelers are your seventh seed ahead of Buffalo ahead of Indianapolis and Denver, uh, but they're also tied with the Houston Texans, who are the sixth seed. So in the NFC, it feels like there's only one open wild card spot. I think in the AFC, there's two open yeah. spots. Bengals are out of the running, basically. I yeah, I don't think the Bills are going to make it. I would even give the Chargers and the Raiders a better chance than the Bengals right now. Yeah, that's, Raiders, that's, I think that's fair. Raiders are playing decent football. Antonio Pierce goes back to my theory. Hire someone that's going to get the fan base yeah. fired up, and you'll get the locker room Just fired let them up. have fun at the very least. I'm Adam Epstein. You're listening to AWOD Radio here on the new sports radio, 910 The Fan, now 105.1 FM. If you want to chime in, phone lines are open. Call AWOD, 833-804-0910. Welcome back. I'm Adam Epstein. You're listening to AWOD Radio. Here on the new sports radio, 910 The Fan, now at 105.1 FM. So it is Thanksgiving this week. We will be live tomorrow from 12 to 3 p.m. right here on The Fan. And then off Thursday for Thanksgiving, back on Friday. But big program note, we will be live from 10 to 1 p.m. 
MP is off for the holidays. I'll fill in from 10 to 1 before I pass it off to Gary Hess and Coach Criswell for the high school football broadcast game of the week. That will be Manchester against Highland Springs. Stubb, are you going to be on the ones and twos for that? I am going to be on the ones and twos. Awesome. Yeah, big uh, Black Friday at uh, at the station for me. Yep, and then um, Rob Hoffman will come in for VCU basketball, and I think that one's at 5, and then Virginia Tech's at 8. So uh, a lot going on yep. on the station on Thursday, and um, then Friday uh, as well, right? So uh, so much going on, and everyone will be... Spending Thanksgiving with your family and your friends, but you're going to have some time where you want to catch up on TV. And Thanksgiving is always good for coming out with new movies and TV shows right around the holidays for people yeah. to watch with their family. So we thought, why not catch you guys up on the latest from Hollywood and entertainment here on Netflix. Netflix, the best of streaming services, TV, movies, books, podcasts, and more. We've got you covered on Netflix. All right, Stop. I'll let you go first. You seen any new movies, or what do you want to bring up on Netflix today? Uh, I can talk about Thanksgiving weekend movies. Okay. We got two uh, pretty big ones coming out. Will they be good? I don't know. <laughs> uh, we have Ridley Scott's Napoleon, starring Joaquin Phoenix. I heard really good things about that. I've, I've heard really good things. I'm hearing weird things. What it, Ridley what Scott mean? has been doing a lot of interviews uh-huh. where people are like, oh, hey, there's some historical inaccuracies. And then he's like, whatever, nerd. Oh, so he doesn't. I think. Well, I think his whole thing was he wanted to make this like Gladiator. Like, there's some historical references in Gladiator, but it's not like a true story. Yeah, you know? but it's weird when it's about a very a guy specific named person that people know. Yeah, and um, I, I look, I love some of Ridley Scott's movies. Yeah, so he He's did made some stinkers, Blade Runner. Though. He did Gladiator. Yeah. Aliens, a good one. Prometheus is a good one. Yeah, you didn't like Prometheus. Not a lot of people like Prometheus. Oh, dude. That's not a hot take. I loved it. I mean, like, I've watched it multiple times. That it, movie's badass. Look, <laughs> Blade Runner's a top ten for me. Okay. So I love some of his stuff, but... Eh. Okay. All right, so, but Napoleon stars Joaquin Phoenix. One of the greatest actors of all time. Yes, he's unbelievable. And it's supposed to be a really good uh, look at the military command operations of... Napoleon, who's this ruthless empire who climbed to the top? Yeah, we'll see. It, it could be, it could be another Oppenheimer like, <laughs> or it could just be, you know, something that fades out. We could. It's probably going to be another Oscar-nominated performance. Yeah, from Joaquin, I'm, I'm going to predict that it, it makes a ton of money this weekend. Yeah. Well, the other movie this weekend is Wish, the newest uh, Disney princess animated Ugh. movie. No, thank you. I'm out. Yeah. Are, aren't there enough Disney princesses? We named my sister after one, Ariel. That's enough already. So, uh, you got kids. You know, maybe Michael Michael Phillips will take his kids to see that one. Yeah. He can let us know how it is. Oh, I don't it's know also a musical. Ugh. Yeah, of course I'm it's so a musical. Out. All right, let me, let me read the description. Young Asha makes a wish so powerful that it's answered by a cosmic force. Right, so it's, it's the 100-year anniversary of Disney. Uh-huh. And it's kind of like a when you wish upon a star. It's like the origin story oh. for that. Oh, really? Per se. Yeah. So they're. Eh. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> eh. Eh. Maybe. All right. Um, you know what I wanted to bring up on Netflix today is uh, Adam Sandler dropped a new movie. Oh. <laughs> Adam Sandler's new movie is called Leo. All right. Oh, that's out. It's an animated movie. It just came out today. Came out last okay. night at midnight. I thought about staying up to watch it. All right. Uh, but it's called Leo. Looks really good because here's the thing. It's supposed to be a kid's movie that adults will enjoy because it's kind of like a mix of like Finding Nemo where these yeah, you know, animals come to life. But 
It's really supposed to be good for kids, but for adults to remind you of when you were in elementary school, when they let you take home a pet for a weekend. Did you ever do that, Stubb? No. Really? I think that week might have phased out of it. I think maybe too many hamsters died yeah. by so, my time that they kind of just moved on. Well, that's the thing. For me, they didn't trust me. I got a flat Stanley. <laughs> oh, I, didn't get I got to a live flat with Stanley. A, you right? <laughs> oh, yeah. For the kids they didn't trust. We got a cardboard cutout to be our best friend. And I will say, my cousin took flat Stanley to San Diego and brought him to SeaWorld. It was the most awesome thing. <laughs> like, the fact that she put that much time into my flat Stanley. I love I'll love her for, forever for that. But my sister got to bring home a guinea pig. We loved that thing so much. She actually convinced my mom to buy her one for her birthday. And it was like, I'm not sure if it was a hamster or a guinea pig. We called it Mushi. And we loved that thing. Here's the crazy story of Mushi. We had him for three years. Wait, wait, before you go. Yeah. Is this story about this death? Death? Is it about the death of the hamster? No, no. Have you heard this? What? That everyone's story about their hamster dying is in the most ridiculous and crazy way every time. Really? So here's my yeah, hamster story. On. All right. So we get Mushi. We love Mushi. We're keeping him in my dad's study, the den area where, he, you know, if my dad's, you know, writing checks, you don't want to be around him there. He's not in a good mood in the study. Mm. Right. But I used to go in there and play with the hamster and we'd like lock the door and we put like, you know, t-shirts under the door so even if it got away from us couldn't escape the yeah. room we'd locked him in the room and we let him run around he was so cute and fuzzy and he'd let us pet him and, and it was a lot of fun and uh-huh. i was like you know 12 at a time and i i loved it my sister loved him and then one day mushi escaped <laughs> and mushi escaped for six months <laughs> for six months we couldn't find mushi he wasn't in the den we tore the whole house down looking for mushi all right and then one day it's obviously like a Saturday or Sunday. My dad's got nothing to do. So what's he going to do? He's going to clean and organize. Uh-huh. So he went through the closet that is around the corner and up the hall from the study. And he's going through all these old, uh, you know, blankets and freaking clo- uh, clothes and jackets and hoodies and gloves. We used to stuff everything in that closet. And then he saw like little pieces of paper that were ripped up. <laughs> and then all of a sudden my dad screams, Mushi's alive! <laughs> Mushi's alive! And Mushi was in the closet was- living off of like scraps of paper and crumbs on the floor for six months. We found Mushi. We trapped him. That was another part of the story. It took like three hours to get him out of the closet, trap him back into the den, put him in his thing. He lived for another year after that. Dude. Mushi lived by himself Let's in our go, closet. Mushi. I mean, what a they, what a G. How, how he stayed it, alive how, off of nothing. What did it eat? What did it drink? I mean, on it, like you should have seen. There were like pieces of paper ripped up into like the smallest little pieces that, like, I'm sure he was just eating through them. Well, what did it drink? I'm not. I'm not sure. You know, a, you know, maybe he snuck back into his cage when he was thirsty. <laughs> we don't know. For six months, he was gone. We 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 mourned him. We had a little uh, R.I.P. Mushi ceremony. What? You know, how long before you give up on that? Probably it was probably two and a half weeks, three weeks, and we gave okay. up. We found him six months later, <laughs> still alive, still alive. <laughs> now I will say, the day he passed, it was tragic. He was just yeah, upside to, down on his hamster you wheel. You had to lose him twice. Yeah, <laughs> I know. So what is the story of people like losing their? Just like ask someone that had a hamster. It's like oh yeah, like a bird broke in and ate it. Yeah. Oh, like I had, I was watching someone's hamster at uh, my job at a camp. Uh huh. It it broke out. Lo- like got lost in the vents of the the bottom, never to be found again. Yeah, I know a lot of people who lost hamsters for like months, only to discover it dead right under a couch and stuff. None just 
pass out. Right. None have a peaceful death of old age. They're always, they're like murdered. Mushi lived through the war. <laughs> yeah, Mushi, Mushi was a statistical mirror. Uh, <laughs> and it, then died on his I would expect wheel. Mushi, have, you have found him under some blankets dead in like yeah. a tragic way. It was unbelievable. You should have seen my dad when he found him. He, he couldn't believe. We all thought this dude had been dead for months. Yeah. <laughs> still alive. Still kicking. And he had the energy to run away from my dad too. <laughs> so, so because of in honor of Mushi, I will be watching Leo on my okay. flight to Disney World. I have to ask, how how old were you? Was I? Yeah. I? I think I was like twelve, and my I think I was twelve. And my sister was like nine, eight or nine. Is there any chance that your dad found a similar looking hamster? No, no, no. Because this was like, it was. I mean, it was like black, uh, brown with like a black stripe on the back. And like the cutest little paws, you could okay. tell it was him. You knew Mushi. Oh, and then and then like even when we got him back, when we play with him, it was like if we still told him to run on the heat with the wheel, he was running on the wheel. He was okay. doing all his old tricks. Okay. An old hamster never forgets old, a trick. All right. <laughs> all right. I, I forgot the old saying. Yeah. Yeah. Oh my God. That's all right. So in honor of Mushi, I'll be watching Leo. What are you gonna watch this Thanksgiving? Something that's out on streaming services or something you've been meaning to watch? That's a good question. Maybe you'll just catch up on Survivor. I, I am caught up on Survivor. New what episode tomorrow. A great season right yeah. now. Yeah. I, They've turned I'm it around. Pumped They've up. turned it around from the worst season of Survivor ever to, in my opinion, it's decent because you haven't seen Russell Hance, the greatest villain no. of all time. Yeah. Nobody will top that. You haven't seen Boston Rob and Amber falling in love. It's, I mean, that was a good season, but it, it's a decent. There's been what, 45? Yeah, this I, is number 45. I would give this top it, 20. I'd give it a top 20. You know, it wasn't a great auction. No. But just a great tribal. We've been having good tribals. Yeah. I think that's kind of what this well, season is. And then Jake, but it, now we're playing Survivor. Now we're playing Survivor. Yeah, you got to <laughs> love that. Whoa! Sorry. Whoa. I, I almost <laughs> feel like he's faking his, his accent because it's so thick. <laughs> it's so crazy. It's unbelievable. Right? Remember now we're playing when, Survivor. Remember when he was doing the bit where he was like, oh, I, f I forgot my ring. I can't <laughs> find. I'm going to search for it under the stand. I'm going to search for it. He's just, just, he just passes out character. every episode. Right, he's a great character. I know. All right, if we missed anything streaming on television, Netflix, HBO, Max, Hulu, Amazon, Disney Plus, hit us up, 833-804-0910. Don't go anywhere. I'll be right back. Welcome back. I'm Adam Epstein. You're listening to AWOD Radio here on the new sports radio, 910 The Fan, now at 105.1 FM. We mentioned there's a ton of college basketball being played this week, including a game right now. The All-State Maui Invitational is underway with Syracuse against number 11, Gonzaga. That's a really good matchup underway right now. And as we mentioned earlier, later tonight, I'll be heading to Disney World. No, I didn't win the Super Bowl, but I'm heading to watch VCU play hoops in the ESPN Events Invitational, thanks to Club D3 Travel. Get in touch with them today at clubd3travel.com to book your trip now or in the future to Disney as they've got you in on the action. They can help you uh, get set up with all the parks, all the ho great hotels and resorts, and I'm really looking forward to this trip thanks to Club D3 Travel. But joining us right now, talk a little college hoops, on the Hadi Mercer Rug Cleaning Hotline, it's our buddy, Marcus Washington, what's going on, Mook? Hey, what's happening, my man? How are you doing? I'm glad we're starting to get into the full swing of college basketball season. Absolutely. Did you check out that UVA game last night? Yes, I did. Uh, it was a tough loss to Wisconsin. Um, and that's one of those stylistic things, because when you watch Wisconsin play Providence, 
Providence played so fast. They spread the floor. They went very hard to the basket. And then when you watched last night, UVA and that pack line defense and, and Tony Bennett's principles played right into Wisconsin's hands. When you have a big guy like Stephen Croyle who can read double teams and he just makes the right pass and the right play, and then that opens up the Badgers' offense, and they did a great job of shooting the three without shooting too many threes. He only had 18 attempts from three. They made eight of them. There were a ton of open looks. So that really helped Wisconsin on offense. And defensively, I found it interesting, and I'm wondering if more teams will do this. Wisconsin jammed up all of the driving lanes. Beekman was the only one who was really able to get to the basket. And it's great to say, hey, we see it on film. You know, we're going to do the same thing, but you got to have the players who can do it. And Wisconsin did a very, very good job last night of trying to make everyone except for Beekman one-dimensional for UVA, and they had some success doing it. Yeah, no, you bring up a great point. And, you know, we talk all the time about UVA's defense, the pack line defense being so good under Tony Bennett, but it was Wisconsin's defense that won the game. Yeah, they were they were very physical. Uh, they made Blake Buchanan actually look like a freshman last night. Um, they did such a great job defensively, and you saw how it was. Anytime UVA uh, drove the ball off of the bounce, there was always a guy coming in that was stunned and digging, making you pick the ball up, and then trying to force – UVA into being a, a, a perimeter shooting team, which they're not. They're a nice little combination team. You have Road and you have McNeely, but they're not a three-point shooting team. But Wisconsin's team defense and what Greg Gard wanted to do and how they executed it, that's what made um, Virginia's offense look so pedestrian. But again, like I said earlier, it's great to say, hey, this is the key. But, you know, ultimately you have to have the players who can do that. Yeah, and this is the tough part of the schedule for UVA as they won their first four games, lose last night to Wisconsin. Now it's West Virginia coming up tomorrow. Yeah, and and again, this is a bounce back for UVA. One of the things that they will be able to do against West Virginia is – they will have plenty of opportunities to push the ball up more. Mm -hmm. And that's where Virginia needs to be strategic and when to push and when to establish pace. I thought last night early on against Wisconsin, they could have pushed pace more, got some easier baskets, and they didn't. They walked it up. Against West Virginia, they will have those chances to push pace. And you you don't want to get out of character. But, again, I think I told you this last year, this team is so much better when they do that and they can get to those low 70s because then once you add in their defense, they become a very tough team to beat. It's Marcus Mook Washington with us here on the Hadid Mercer Rug Cleaning Hotline. Check him out, MTC with Mook, making the cut with Mook over the Hokies uh, who are 3-1 and one on the season, and they will also be in Disney World when they begin their tournament against Boise State. What do you think of the Hokies' chances? Well, I think they, this should be a great trip for them. I think we'll learn more about Lynn King, who has gotten off to such a really, really a good start. Now you can talk about competition. There was the one, um, you don't want to say losses are good, but there was the one good loss to South Carolina on a neutral floor yeah. and then the wins there. But he's averaging almost a double-double, 17.5, almost 10 rebounds a game. But I'm really interested in watching with Virginia Tech how Tyler Nickel grows. Because we all know at Carolina, he was always taken off the floor because he couldn't defend 
And, and you know, when you get to different um, different programs, you're asked to do different things. He can really help Virginia Tech out if he shoots the ball the way his reputation was coming out of Rockingham um, High School. That would help Couture. That would help uh, um, um, Padula take some pressure off of them from being able to have to make shots on the perimeter. So for Virginia Tech, I would tell all the Hokie fans, watch the growth up to the ACC season. Don't necessarily overreact to an individual game because what Young is doing down there is preparing for that conference season, and he does have some pieces there, different pieces from last year, different style from last year, but he does have pieces there that can win games in the ACC, especially when they play at home. Read his work, mtcwithmook.com, and of course, uh, you cover all the local schools, including Maryland and Georgetown. A lot of expectations for Maryland this year. Georgetown starting new with Ed Cooley, but it's the Terps that have struggled early on. One in three. Yeah, they are um, horrendous, to put it nicely, on offense. And this was one of the things I think that was overlooked was that they were going to have challenges shooting the ball. But I think what the thought process was, Willard did such a great job of working around that last year where guys got into spots where they felt comfortable. Well, now you have a year of film. And they're taking away Jameer Young um, from some of the things that he did special last year. To be frank with you, Dante Scott has not shot the ball particularly well. And then there's the freshman. Jamie Kaiser is off to such a slow start. Deshaun Harris-Smith, remember, coming out of PBI and team takeover, he was really known for his defense more than his offense. His offense is coming, and after the Villanova game, we had a conversation, and he talked about it. He said, I know I have to get better offensively, um, and I'm working on those things to get better. The, the challenge is for Willard. He admitted after the Villanova game, right now he has four starters. He doesn't know who the fifth starter is, and he's been playing around with Kaiser and Geronimo and these other combinations to try to find something that fits. So, yeah, one in three slow start and a coach who has admitted that he is still searching. Mook, great stuff as always, man. Love having you on the show. Have a good week, man, and happy Thanksgiving. Happy Thanksgiving, my brother. Yep, you're listening to AWOD Radio here on the new Sports Radio 910 The Fan, now at 105.1 FM. Welcome back. I'm Adam Epstein. You're listening to AWOD Radio here on the new Sports Radio 910 The Fan, now at 105.1 FM. Phone lines are open 833-804-0910. That's 833-804-0910. You can always tweet me at AWOD Radio. Couple tweets coming in. I wanted to shout out. If it's a good tweet, we'll read it on air. McCaffrey's McCaffrey's burner wants me to root for the 49ers. I told him I can root for Trent Williams, but it's too early for me to stub to work for Chase Young. I cannot root for Chase Young right now in the 49ers. But he does make a good point. Like I do need to pick a team to root for for, for the final six weeks because I don't even want to watch my team anymore. Don't you want to pick a team with a good culture though, <laughs> with a winning culture and vibes? Right? <laughs> yeah. No. No. 49ers are probably going to end up going on another run. Um, John tweets me. Uh, he doesn't want to fire Ron Rivera and bring in somebody else because he says we already have a coach with high school experience and he sucks. Uh, shout out to Matt who tweeted me happy Thanksgiving in honor of Mushi uh, with a picture of a hamster. How about that? Thanks, Mushi. Some some loyal listeners there. Thank you, Matt. I appreciate you hitting me up on Twitter. All right, so before the end of the show here, I wanted to get this story 
from the Lakers game. Stub, did the Lakers win? I didn't even see the final score of that yeah, game. I have no idea. Hold on. Let me, yeah, let me check that out. So I've always, always felt like I would be great if I was chosen to hit a half-court shot. All right? If I was chosen to hit a half-court shot, I've always felt like I would knock it down. I would absolutely hit it. And so the Lakers played against the Rockets. This was actually from Sunday night. And the Lakers won 104, 105 yeah, one to one 104. One by one point. And at halftime... The guy had an opportunity to probably win a free car or $10,000 with a half-court shot. And I've always wanted to do this. But I can't think of a more embarrassing situation than what happened. Let's take a listen to the announcer. Stubb, roll the tape. Oh! You had the distance. You had the distance. Anthony, come back, Anthony. Uh-oh. Let's get you up, Anthony. You didn't get it from half court, but we're going to give you a chance to shoot it from the three-point line. He couldn't even do that. He hit. He missed the half-court shot, did a follow-through, and it looked like he ruptured his Achilles. Oh. He fell to the ground screaming in pain, and the guy's, come on, Anthony. <laughs> come on, come, Anthony. Come on, Anthony. And he's just sitting there, like, grabbing his ankle or his leg. Can you imagine how embarrassing that is? That's terrible. In front of all those people at the the Staples Center, and they're all rooting for you to hit the shot. Not only do you miss the shot, but you might be injured for the next six months. (laughs) Yeah, you're going to have to write your boss a note the next day. (laughs) Oh, sorry, unless you didn't see me on TV. Yeah, I'm I'm in a ton of pain right now. It's always an Anthony. It's always an Anthony. I'm Adam Epstein. You've been listening to AWOD Radio here on the new sports radio, 910 The Fan, now at 105.1 FM. I've got an awesome show for you guys planned tomorrow, live from Disney World. Talk a ton of college basketball, college football. It's rivalry weekend in college football with a good one between Michigan and Ohio State. We'll preview Virginia Tech at UVA and more. That's Wednesday on The Fan. It's Grant and Danny coming up next from Washington, D.C.